Ross Payton here with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is episode 19, the Gen Con 2008 wrap-up. And of course, here with me is Tom. All right, waiting. Now the announcer voice is gone, we can continue. Oh, okay, I see. You're here. I'm just waiting. I can tell. I can tell when it's going to come and go. Does my announcer voice give, creep you, you out, You Tom? have an announcer face that goes along with your announcer voice. And does that creep you out, Tom? No, I've gotten used to it. Okay. Anyways, so here we are, back from Gen Con 2008, the best four days of gaming, and uh, I would have to agree with that uh, I, I, Yes, slogan. I, I concur slogan. with that decision. Yeah. So, um, we'll start with uh, the good, the bad, well, there wasn't really bad, but the, well, no, there are a few, but... The good, uh, the bad, and the ugly? Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, of course, uh, we live here in Missouri, southwest Missouri, so to get to Indianapolis was a seven-and-a-half-hour road trip through St. Louis, through Illinois, on into Indiana. And uh, you know what I know what I realized? What? Missouri and Illinois are really boring states to drive through. In I would say... But maybe besides Kansas. Missouri at least has, has hills that make yes. it a little more varied. But Illinois, it's, Illinois is like a small version of Kansas. Yeah. Farmland over here, farmland over here, road. Yeah, true, true. Broken so, up by an occasional tiny, tiny town. So uh, we did a little recording on the trip up there. Uh, we'll post that sooner or later. And, uh, of course, we bitched at Aaron. Uh, we p- played music that none of us, that yeah. you guys don't like. We did, we did some stuff from the mini-bosses and then had a contest. Like, all right, who's the first one that can tell which game this came from? Yeah, and I can't believe neither of you got Metroid. I never played Metroid. I played it once. You, you see, Tom, you lie. You say, I've never played it. I've played it once. Which is it? I was starting to say I never played it. Then I was no wait. I played it one time. Well, then you should recognize that's a self contradiction. Didn't you ever play Smash Brothers, Tom? No, it was on there. Well, anyways, we're diverting. So of course, Gen Con, you know, thirty thousand people showing up, something like that. Twenty six, thirty seven thousand. Lots of lots and lots of gamers. Uh, so why don't we talk a little bit about the con itself? The first thing, you know, every time you go to a con, you learn something new about how to have fun more fun next time the one thing we've learned well we've learned a few things uh the the key though is to leave before the con starts yeah get there a day early a day early so you're there right on the hour the minute that it starts we left at we left at pretty much 6 30 on the nose from springfield and we didn't get to the convention center until four yeah there's a whole no it was like 4 30 yeah 4 30 so you know it and i believe that was mainly the fault of us trying to find the hotel, yeah. Then See, checking in, then getting from the hotel to the con and uh, parking. As I understand, was a motherfucker. Yeah, they, because the, the brand new stadium was opening. Yeah. So get and also get your hotel uh, booked as soon as possible because at first we had a hotel from five miles away for the first night. Then we had to switch to a hotel four blocks away, but still four blocks. Could be better. We could have, you know, booked at a hotel right at the con, one of the uh, yeah uh, ones connecting to the convention center. So, but that's something. But for a next lesson year. learned. Yes. So, anyways, of course, the biggest draw of Gen Con is the exhibit hall, and that's where I spent most of my time. Well, I, a lot of my time. I spent eighty percent of the con there. Yeah, and you know, this is where all the t- uh, companies come out to show their goodies, their products for the next year. Um, video game companies, card games, board games, miniature games, role-playing games. 
The whole nine yards. And you know what I learned upon going in there? Yeah. I really need to be wealthier than I am. Because <laughs> you're just walking around like, that's awesome. Fuck, it's expensive. That's awesome. Fuck, it's expensive. No, no joke. No joke. You know what I learned, Tom? What did you learn, vein? Ross? If you have a press pass like we do, like we uh, did, because we're a podcast, new media. Role-playing public radio. Yes. You can actually ask for free review copies of things as long as you... Uh, uh, you know, promised to review them, and boy, did we get some neat stuff for this. Yes, uh, we did. Well, first, I think the very, I think first the first thing we did upon on Thursday when getting there is you got some uh, monsters and other childish thing stuff. Well, that's that. I didn't get review copies. I got copies of uh, them because I wrote for them. I Ross is the yeah man comp right there. copies. Uh, yeah, my uh, uh, first book, uh, Curriculum of Conspiracy, is now officially out in print, not just in PDF, and uh, it's only nine ninety nine from Arc Dream Publishing. Even though and I don't get royalties, it, so yeah. it's 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 a it's an investment. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was actually selling very well. Monsters was doing very well at Gen Con. A lot of people had a lot of buzz. A lot of people really interested in it. So. Uh, Check it out, and I was really pleased to get the copies, see my work in print. I got a free and, one too. Uh, I also ran two games of monsters for Gen Con official events, and uh, I had a blast oh, running the shit them. You got to pay to get into. Yeah, exactly, and it, I'll I'll talk, get more into that later. But yeah, it was very fun. Um, so let's see what else. Of course, you. A game I was look, definitely looking forward to finally got to check out, which is Monster Apocalypse. Yes. So uh, tell us about Monster Apocalypse. Well, I think I've me- I think I've mentioned before what it's all about, so I will simply go to my experience with it. Well, no, no, no give us a brief recap of what it is. You sure I should do that? Just a sentence or two. Come okay, on. it's essentially a miniatures game in which you are controlling monsters who are attacking a city and trying to be the top monster. Okay, so you get. Uh, do you just get the one giant monster, or how does it work? Uh, you uh, you have your uh, primary monster, the alpha. Yeah. And, and each one has a hyper form, which is like your power-up form. And then each faction kind of has uh, smaller units they can do, like the giant lizards have hatchlings slightly larger, and then juvenile lizards. Right, right. You know, and of course the Cthulhu ones have uh, you know, little worm, little spitter worms, and of course my favorite, the meat slaves, which are like humans that, have been, that are bloated into sacks of you know, poisonous pus. Nice, nice. Yeah, really very classes. nice. And, of course, you go around fighting in a city, destroying buildings, and blast. Good times. Good times. Okay. So, so and uh, they were selling uh, preview copies of it there. Yeah. And uh, different versions. I got the mega version, the $129 one, which is the starter kit and, like, eight or eight or nine expansion packs. Yeah. Yeah, that's the most expensive thing I bought, but I'm going to say it was definitely worth it. And I got to... Uh, do one of the I got to do one of the play tests. Okay, well, tell us about that. I got my ass kicked because, uh, <laughs> of course, I think the other guy knew what he was doing. Well, he was uh, the one of their employees doing the demo, right? Or was it another I, player? I think so. I didn't ask. Okay. I just, well, did like, he have one so, of the Privateer Press uh, shirts? Honest, honestly, I was more focused on the board than who okay. he was. <laughs> you know, I guess that was, my, that was my first. You know, my first mistake is not know my enemy. Ah, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I was doing the giant lizards. He was doing the insect world devourers okay he uh i i got a few licks in but he pretty much thoroughly kicked my ass well tell us about the rules i mean how how hard are they to pick up how 
Uh, I was what do you glad, think? Of I was glad he was there. I'm still learning them. Right, obviously. It's uh, there's a lot of stats to contend with. Uh, the board has different. Each hex, different hexes have different movement speeds. You have to contend right. with. I'm st- I'm still figuring out half of it. Okay. I mean, I hope to be by the time it fully comes out in uh, spring of '09. I hope to be up in you know, all the rules. Um, of course, this is the first uh, Gen Con post Fourth Ed, so of course Wizards was there. But the big news, obviously, is that third-party pub- publishers are breaking the, are not signing up for the GSL. So Goodman Games had some Fourth Ed material ready to go, and I picked up one of the modules. They were selling very briskly, and uh, some of the stuff won't hit stores for a while. So of course. Was unfortunate is all the scenarios were level one, you know, right. introductory scenarios. And by now, uh, most people pro- who are into fourth ed probably have at least done the intro scenarios, have done level one things. Right. I was hoping to see something a little higher level, but whatever. It's uh, interesting to see this uh, break from Wizards and all this other stuff. So It's a rebellion. Yeah. Of course, Wizards' booth was actually pretty small compared. Last year, they had a massive section. Well, of course, 4th Ed was just announced. Yeah, so they had all the stuff about Gleemax. Gleemax, by the way, which is some web thing they had planned, community web community for gamers, uh, was shut down. They're shutting it down because they realized it was a total failure. Uh, but this year they had a very small, a relatively small booth uh, with a couple of ways to sign up for da- uh, Dungeons and Dragons Insider and a big game that you can play. But that was about it. I mean, hmm. like, um, it was, a, I mean, Privateer Press had a much larger section than they did. You know, of course, they're doing it with uh, Iron Kingdoms or War- or whatever it is they do, um, you know, all their different games. So and Monster Apocalypse, obviously. So. Right. Anyways, so that was cool to see. Uh, I also got to go to the Goodman Games since I've written for them a little. Uh, oh, my uh, fourth ed- first fourth edition uh, module uh, will be released this September or October. It's part of an anthology thing, and my section is called Tides of Doom. Uh, it's a Lovecraftian level one adventure, low level adventure. Wow, Ross with Lovecraftian stuff. It's huh? <laughs> shocking. I know, right? So keep an eye out. Anyways, I got to go to the uh, BeerCon, which is some Goodman Games industry party, uh, right. where a bunch of the D and D type people show up and hang out and talk. And we'll get I'll get more into that later. But there were some good stories to be had from that. Let's see here. What else? Of course, uh, Pelgrin Press, which does uh, the Gumshoe system, which is the new investigation system for. Uh, mystery games. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a bunch of new product. They, this is very interesting. We got some review copies of it, and we'll be going over it later in the podcast. Well, not in this particular podcast, but in future episodes, we'll be addressing a lot of the gumshoe products. Uh, they had one game I noticed you're also looking at uh, Mutant Su- uh, Mutant City Blues. Which, which is kind of like metahuman yeah. investigation. And that's, I actually interviewed the uh, writer Robin Laws over it, and it's a very interesting game. The basic idea is uh, CSI meets Powers, the comics, top like heroes. 10. Yeah, heroes. Um, basically, 10 years ago, 1% of the world's population became mutants. Now, you know, it's 10 years later, they figured out ways to investigate crimes committed by them. And so you're right. like a super cop, a mutant cop with superpowers and you're investigating these criminals. Now the thing is there are forensic and techniques to detect powers 
and to figure out what kind of the way it works is there's like a diagram the quade diagram and each type of power is based on a certain type part of the body or part of the brain and you can only connect powers that are related to it so if you have fire control you know fire blasting flame control is probably something you would also have but you wouldn't be invulnerable or super strong because that's a different part of the body so you can then if you figure out oh well if there's one guy with wall crawling and one guy with flying or you know you use these two different powers they have to be two criminals involved Mm -hmm. because it can't just be one guy who has both powers right so uh, it sounds a very interesting premise. Uh, we got the the Gen Con preview of it. It won't be officially out for a little while, I think, because they're going to do a fancy full color thing. Uh, but it looks very cool, and uh, we'll have more about that. Of course, they also have horror games. Uh, Trailer Cthulhu, which uh, won a few Silver Any Awards. Congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Fear Itself, which is sort of a standalone, more normal people surviving horror type things. Uh, you know, kind of like a Twilight Zone sort of thing. So, right. or uh, and the Esoterrorists have, uh, which is their standard gumshoe game. So, very interesting horror stuff. We'll be getting. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to going through those because I am, as you might know, I'm somewhat of a horror fan. I would, yeah, we we've, we've known that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, um, anything else you'd like to mention, Tom? Uh, well. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Mutants and Masterminds had a, uh, oh, okay, yeah. had a big, th- had a big booth out. Yeah. Green Ronin Publishing. Yeah. And I realized everything they had on their table, I already owned, but one. <laughs> so that, that, that was a pretty obvious purchase, Tom. So tell us about that. A little it bit. was, uh, it's, it's, uh, the Mutants and Masterminds book for Wild Cards, which is a comic series of the eighties, I believe. Okay. I wasn't familiar with it, but it's a Mutants and Masterminds book I didn't have. Okay, so you're just so I must have I must have got it. a little OCD over it. So and yeah, this is actually kind of kind of like the one you were describing, where a alien virus uh, mutates thousands of people in New York City in 1946. Nice. So, so have you uh, had a chance to look it over yet? I've, Any first I've thoughts read it, of it? And I've really liked the scenario. I'm actually gonna. I'm also I'm gonna run a game run a game of it to see what my players think of it. Cool. And since we have that new recorder, you'll be able to record it. I will. I will be all recording right. some of our games there. Nice. So, nice. You, so you can all hear the antagonism between uh, David and Aaron. <laughs> Very good. Uh, let's see here. What else? We also have, um, of course. Uh, uh, speaking of superheroes, we also have Wild Talents, which is uh, the one roll engine. Uh, version of superheroes and uh, this the basic game I picked up the the pocket edition or the essential edition and this is the only 10 bucks and it's all you need to run a superhero game if you want to use it ORE that there you go okay Um, this is also the same system that godlike is used which godlike is of course World War two superpowered characters in you know but they're not wearing costumes. It's more gritty and more realistic. Ooh, gritty. But with, you know, punching tanks and stuff like that. Uh, let's see here. Some of the other things I got. I got Don't Rest Your Head and Don't Lose Your Mind, another indie horror game. Uh, ben Bao uh, wrote Don't Lose Your Mind. And, of course, he is the guy who wrote Monsters and Other Childish Things. And it seems like every other game this day, he's a very prolific guy. Uh, got to meet him briefly. We'll be doing setting up a Skype interview with him earlier, right, later sweet. in the future. Uh, we didn't have a, actually didn't have time to interview him in Gen Con. I actually brought all the mics up to Gen Con. I only got one interview using the good mics. Um, but whatever. That's, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. 
It's a very busy time. That's another thing about Gen Con. We realize time management is an important skill in Gen Con. Uh, you have to learn. You know, you're there to do stuff you can't do any other time of the year. I mean, there's thousands, tens of thousands of people there. All, all of into the shit you're into. Exactly. This is the only time, place in the world, one of the few places in the world, you know, at that time where you could approach any random person and be like, ay, ay, Cthulhu Fatag, and they'd be like, like, oh! Yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll know what you're talking about. Um, but, uh, uh, so you need to make the most of that. You know, looking for the, their games going on literally twenty four seven. They just leave o- rooms open in the in uh, the Hyatt and other uh, parts of the convention center. Open where gaming you, at all times. Yeah, you just walk in like I want to game. And be like we have board games, we have card games, we have role playing games. What flavor do you like, sir? <laughs> What's your pleasure, sir? Exactly. So uh, be sure to take advantage of that now. In terms of uh, our gaming, we didn't really. Uh, I ran two games of Monsters, official events. Woo hoo. Yeah. And uh, we also did a Call of Cthulhu playtest scenario for Pagan Press. Same th- like we did last year. Yeah. This time we got to record it, and it was a very cool World War One scenario. Yes, it is. Uh, called, very, co- very cool people to ro- role play with, too. Yeah, inclu- uh, including obviously Scott Glancy ran it. Uh, Greg Solzy, the game designer, was one of the players. Very cool. And some of the other Arc Dream people. Um, who name, whose names escape me at the moment, but I will get them. And uh, let's see here. What else? Uh, just flipping through it, Fear Itself. Um, oh, speaking of this, I got to meet and talk to Dave Arneson, the co-creator of D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, the one of the grandfathers of the game. And he's a cool guy. He's obviously getting on in years, but he had a, got a Lifetime Achievement Awards at the Innies, and I found uh, his first supplement... Uh, Blackmore. This is the very first Dungeons and Dragons campaign ever created, and it's still active. Like they're still playing it. He's I'd still it. running it. It's like thirty-seven years and or something. And you know, th- hundreds, if not thousands, of PCs have died in this campaign. I mean, that's awesome. And he got to uh, autograph it for me, so I was very cool, very uh, happy to pick that up. And I will be reading it because it's you know. It's history. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's see here. What else? Um, oh, shit, Ross. You're kind of making me, kind of emasculating me here with all the shit you did. <laughs> well, I was just going nuts because... Uh, yeah, I know. You were pretty much surviving on ambition yeah. and hatred. Uh, <laughs> no, not hatred. Just sheer gaming giddiness. Um, yeah, very little sleep, uh, too busy to eat, maybe ate once a day, so yeah, it was very... Uh, well, that probably worked for you. I, I ate heavy one time and threw up. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, you got to watch your health. You got to make sure you're very hydrated uh, a lot of times. Always bring bottled water um, with you. Always have that And on. sugar. Yeah, sugar. Lots of sugar. <laughs> sugar. And I'm, di- I'm, I'm, and I'm diabetic, but I had I had to have sugar yeah. to survive. Uh, of course, and we, you know, as we mentioned, we got a lot of interviews with people in the. I, I got my first interview. Actually. Yes, Tom's very first interview. So she, uh, like, the lady who uh, was the co-creator of uh, Freaky Creatures. Once again, her name escapes me, but it's on the interview itself. Yeah, we'll be. Posted. She can only spare five about five minutes, but I I interviewed her for five minutes, and it com- it comes back to me. Cool, cool. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, I believe I believe Aaron actually got it on tape. If you you know if you on video. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, see if we can hook that up. Put it on YouTube so you can see Tom. You know, ask his questions and stuff. So yeah. 
uh, and, I play, and I play tested the beta version of their game too. Yeah, freaky. Tell us about freaky creatures. I didn't really it's, pay uh, attention to it. Well, it's kind of, it's along the lines of you know Pokemon, you know monsters that engage in ritualistic cockfights. <laughs> but this time it's not for the enjoyment of any particular any trainers. Just I we're gonna fight and have fun with it. Okay. And uh, you can design your own. And the lady said that they actually checked with a uh, math professor that there were about three and a half billion different combinations of creature you could put together. Nice, nice. So, so uh, I got to play test it, and I you know, once again got my didn't get my butt kicked, but I was defeated. <laughs> but it looks fun. It's uh, on, it's an online game that you can uh, play over your PC or transfer to your uh, to like a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Play it that way. And it's you do have to pay for it, but it's only five bucks a month. I believe five bucks a month. Okay. To play it, and it looks like it looks like something you, if you're just sitting at the office bored, you can do and not bother anyone. Okay. Cool. So I think I'll be uh, I will be getting that when it comes out in October. I will be reviewing it too. Great, great. Well, uh, yeah, October is obviously going to be a big horror theme month since uh, we. Uh, it's Halloween. Yeah, and it's not like I'm a huge obsessive horror fan. You, you, you said that. Yeah. Yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, talk to Midnight Syndicate. They're the ones who created the official Dungeons & Dragons soundtrack, and they've created several soundtra- uh, musics, uh, soundtracks for gaming, you know, mm-hmm. like background music to play while you're gaming, uh, both for fantasy and horror. And uh, they seem very cool guys. They have a new movie coming out, and I'll put a link up to that. I uh, got some of their... CDs will be listening to, to this The Dead Matter. Yeah, Dead Matter. That's the uh, movie that's coming out. Um, Cemetery Gates. So, anyways. Yeah, speaking uh, of movies, I picked up a uh, DVD there. Yeah, what'd you pick up? I picked up a Japanese movie called uh, Yamato. Yeah? About about the battleship in World War II. Okay. And it's uh, it's about as gory as the as the newest Rambo movie. Okay. When it's showing like you know Hellcats strafing the battleship, an entire crew is being cut in half by the fifty caliber bullets from the planes. Nice, nice. It's uh, you were, it's kind of like it's kind of like watching Das Boot. You know, yeah, they're they're supposed to be the enemy, but you can't you can't help but go, fuck man, I couldn't do what they did. True. Um, and also one other movie I actually picked up a DVD too, and this was. Gamers 2, Darkness Rising. Ah, yes. Yes, now the gamers, there have been about four or five gaming movies, uh, all all very low budget. and Some, some of them no budget. Yeah. The only one that I found, and I've seen several of them, the only one I found funny or interesting was the first Gamers. And it's only 45 minutes long, no budget movie, uh, but it actually sort of captured the goofiness that... Uh, is gaming, is fantasy gaming, and uh, I found it, you know, uh, I, it, it was one I showed to everyone I could, you know, all yeah. all my gaming friends, they all dug it, and they all started quoting yeah. it. Yeah, th- this was the one where it's all the, their characters were just kind of standing around the lake, one yeah. steps of stone, and finally their voice said, aren't you forgetting something? What? Your character's crippling fear of water? I was and thinking of the exact like, same. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. And then one character just starts screaming. Ah, yeah, that was the, uh, 
that was the exact same scene I was thinking of. But there were there were quite a few, you know, uh, rolling the critical hit on the arrow, uh, getting the the barbarian yeah. failed his strength check, and then yeah. the elf succeeds on his to yeah. rip the grate off the wall. Yes, so uh, uh, backstabbing the barbarian yeah. with a ballista. The player that's not there at the time is who his character is just looking off into space. Exactly. So yeah, it's. Uh, he, so the first so, he's, he's busy having sex with a girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the first game, gamers, is good. So we'll see if the second one, which is longer and has a budget of something, ah. um, lives up to the uh, the hype. It's been a while since they've uh, they've finished it. So they, and they finally released it. It's sort of premiering at Gen Con. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Uh, we'll have a review of that sooner or later. Um, I forgot to ask them for a free review copy, but uh, whatever they <laughs> they they deserve the twenty bucks uh, or whatever it was. Ross uh, supports the arts. Yes, exactly. When it, when it suits him. <laughs> yeah, when it suits me. Uh, <laughs> or yeah, when I forget to uh, do that. So I'm still getting a hang uh, handle on this podcast and new media business. Uh, so yeah, so that was the exhibition hall. That was the main main. Uh, event of it. Of course, there are quite a few other things going on in Gen Con. Way too many. We couldn't even begin to cover them all. There was a cosplay contest. Uh, I think Aaron got some photos of it or something. Uh, or he, actually, he couldn't. It was too dark and he there was no flash photography uh, allowed. Uh, well, I did go to the first half of the Innies Award uh, where they... Oh, yeah, because uh, Monsters and Other Childish Things was nominated, yeah, right? Didn't win. Changeling the Lost uh, and sort of dominated the awards. Uh, Rob, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, White Wolf is one of the 800-pound gorillas of the uh, gaming industry. So They'll freaking rip your soul out. So you can kind of expect them. And the votes were basically, it was an internet popularity contest anyways. Oh, yeah. So uh, it was good. You can't fuck with the internet. It was an honor for it to be nominated anyways. Um, Let's see. Although Aces and Eight won, which was... I I think, don't a lot of Hollywood people say, it's just a, it's an honor to be nominated. Yeah. As, but as in their minds, they're screaming. (laughs) True, true, true. That is a, uh, a valid point. Um, oh, also we did, uh, uh, so one of the things we did was we did some interviews with some video games people, video game people. Uh, I talked to someone from Pirates of the Burning Sea, uh, pirate-themed MMO. That, it's been out for a little bit, uh, but it looks pretty good. Warhammer Online, though, that's sort of like the new sexy MMO. Yeah. That looks just like World of Warcraft. I mean, I, I watched the gameplay footage, and it's, you know, your guy walking around, oh, there's an enemy. I'll do my attack animation on him. Oh, some numbers of his lowered. Oh, so he hit me. Some of my numbers went lower. Oh, re- okay, we re- re- repeat. We repeat it. Oh, I get to use my special ability. Okay, I you do know, that. I believe the technical term is grind. Yeah, it it's. I another grind. Seriously, another grind tastic grind fest. Yeah, right? exactly. So unless you're you just you're a hamster and you want to pay for the privilege of running on that wheel, I would stay away. Yeah, I saw a couple of video game things that look interesting to me. Yeah, like uh, the new expand the newest expansion to Neverwinter Nights, which I think I said I'm a huge fan of that game. Yeah. Uh, I it's I've I've seen it like once again my mo- I'm still my mind's recovering synapses aren't firing so I forget <laughs> what it's called right now. Oh, the, it's I on need, the internet. Need, yeah, it's on the internet. Look it up. Yeah. Go to the Googles. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Of course, they they were really pimping Fable too. Yeah. Yeah. I saw some of that too, and it looks it looks pretty good. I mean, Fable's one Fable one was kind of a disappointment. 
You know, it's got it's too short for my taste. So it's kind of yeah. neat, but I'm uh, not. Is it only coming out for the 360? Uh, probably. I don't know. Uh, well, I did at first. Yeah. Anyways, um, some of the other things uh, they had a bunch of uh, events at Gen Con. Uh, we didn't get to go to all of them, like the Tower of Gygax or any of those other things. Uh, but oh, we, uh, there was they, they were doing a, they were doing a live hero clicks thing. Yeah, that's true. With actual you know people on the giant hero clicks in costume. In know. costume, Miss Marvel versus Spider Man versus Daredevil. Mister Fantastic was there too. Yeah, so that was that was entertaining. I didn't I didn't do it, and I kept watching people rolling giant dice. Yeah. And so outside of the the main the 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 chaos of the. Uh, Exhibit. Well, actually, there's one last thing about the exhibit hall. We also picked up a lot of uh, old games for cheap. There are some companies that guest yeah, stores that come up. Well, and Steve Jackson Games. They were selling three. No, that wasn't Steve Jackson Games. They were well, selling GURPS, but it wasn't. Well, a fine. Yeah, but anyway. Can I continue, Ross? Is it all right for me to do that? Now? <laughs> all right. Yeah, go. I on. have your permission. Yes. Good. All right. Yeah, they were selling uh, old GURPS books for like three bucks, three for ten dollars. Yeah. And they're, they're the ones that kind of have a thing they always do where if you pay an exact change, they scream out exact change and cheer. Yeah, and I visited that. Um, and then there was Titan Games that were selling, like, buy one, get three free. And later on, it was just five bucks for anything in the in their booth, which is like, a lot. That's another good thing. Wait till Sunday. They're gonna, they're, everyone's trying to get rid of all their extra crap. Yeah, exactly. So if you can hang out there and you're not trying to get one of those limited edition things... They're exclusive to the con. Uh, of course, there's also the art room, and I, once again, am stuck with the problem. So much looks awesome, but they're asking like $200 for it. Yeah, that's, that is a problem. I I've saw some artwork that... May I, may I be vulgar here? Okay. I was creaming my jeans <laughs> looking at some of this stuff. But then I looked... Then I stopped, like, at $500. Okay. Uh, yeah. I honestly... I need to be wealthier when I go. Yeah, yeah. I need to have disposable income. Lots of disposable income. True, true, true. Oh, and carry cash. Yeah, carry cash. Yeah, that's just a general traveling tip. You always carry cash on you when you go on a trip so you can pay for cabs and things like that. So, uh, Even though you don't suspect... And you don't suspect that to happen. Yeah. Um, so outside of the main chaos of the... Exhibit That's hall. like the first thing we do each day. We go to the yeah. con. Uh, then, th- then we can drift away into other things. Yeah, exactly. One of the things I did, I did get some interviews outside of the exhibit hall. Uh, some shorter ones with like Robin Laws and Greg Stoles uh, about some of their games. I also got a nice hour-long interview with Johnny Nexus of CriticalMiss.com. He has a new novel, Game Night, which I've read. Very funny. If you're a gamer and you enjoy our type of humor, if you enjoy AB3 rants, uh, I believe you will enjoy Game Nine. It's only like ten bucks. It's a Ross, good. Ross believes. No, seriously, I'll, I'll let you borrow Tom. It's a good read. Well, all right. It's only like two hundred pages. You're gonna too. quiz it's me quick... on it too. Probably. The basic premise is six gods that are role playing, mm-hmm. and they have mortals in the mortal realm, and they're trying to save the world. But they're the gods controlling it, not people. Right. So uh, it's pretty fun because you know there's a, a, a dark paladin, you know Munchkin's sociopathic god of war. Who has a dark paladin, you know, mortal, and you know, then there's the the goof off, the guy who's not paying attention, and so on and so forth. So uh, it's a fun read. And the interview I think with him was very good. Um, we actually used the good mics for it, and uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was during that interview that I got into the trading with uh, another guy that had purchased the Monster Apocalypse stuff. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, he only got like the only thing he got doubles of the alien invaders and the Martians, and he wanted to trade me. Oh yeah. And I had I had doubles of the Cthulhu thing, so he, we traded that. And much t- fun was had between us. Cool, cool. That's uh, good to hear, Tom. And Aaron was really wanting to. You know, he he had bought the the sluggy freelance card game, and he was come on, you want to play this time? Like, um, yeah, I have to open more uh, more boxes of Monster Apocalypse now, but as soon as I'm done with that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, I know he's excited, and I probably will end up playing him, but. And yeah. he was. You ever have the little, uh, the annoying little brother that that keeps wanting you to do something you don't want to do? No, I. Like you were the annoying little brother. I didn't want Strader to do what I was doing. Oh yeah, you were untypical. We were we, no, we were hyper competitive about things, and Strader, Strader was the prima donna, and I was the one who was didn't not. Care. Yeah, I was. Yeah, totally oblivious to those things. So yeah, that's what that's what struck me when I first met you. He doesn't care. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Hey, uh, that's why I'm still hanging out with you. Uh, monsters. I ran two games of Monsters. These were official events, the ones I had linked to in our Gen Con preview. First game I had five players. Second game was Sunday morning, so I got three players. Which was pretty good for a Sunday at 9 a.m. Yeah, um, I would have joined you, but we had to stay in the room and pack everything. Well, yeah. Well, anyways, it, it didn't matter because actually that was the that game with three players was the least number of players I've ever run with Monsters. With Monsters, I've almost always had a full house of four or more players. Right. And it's actually a very different experience to run it with a smaller group. And it was actually just as fun, even more fun in some ways, because it was more personal and it was more uh, 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 players had more face time, you know. So I think I've only ever played one game of that. I mean, like, well, a series of one campaign with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've only run maybe, well, yeah, I haven't, I've, I've run a decent number of games, but like um, with a lot of different players. Yeah, I remember so. the game I played with you is one of the few few times you know the first times i tried my hand at a psycho oh yeah 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 um anyways for the con games i ran the adventure in a curriculum of conspiracy it's called a lesson learned the original title was called a lesson the lesson is learned but the damage is irreversible which is a reference to a web comic that i like but and also i think a radiohead song but the, it was shortened which you know that's fine um the basic premise is sort of the introduct introducing players to a curriculum of conspiracy. And you know, one of the things I've learned, uh, another thing I've learned in Gen Con is how valuable playtesting is because I playtested the scenario like twice before I published it. But these two times I ran at a con, I learned, I picked up a lot more. So I think whenever I have another adventure that I really want to polish, I'll run it four or five times with different groups right. instead of just once or twice. Because each time when I ran at the con, I instead of giving a player a kid and a monster, I gave them just a kid or a monster, and that that sort of cut down on the number of monsters and supernatural shenanigans. Because when you have four or five monsters, it gets crazy. Yeah, like they just destroy any single monster that they fight, any opponent that you can throw at them. Four or five monsters will just oh, I'll hit them with this. I'll hit them with this. I'll paralyze them. Ah, we went repeat so i actually kind of made these monsters in uh curriculum and conspiracy or in the uh, uh lesson learned the adventure fairly tough monsters like they all have multiple levels of toughness and everything else and they're pretty much all brick shit houses that are uh hard to kill because that's what i sort of had i uh, did for those first two games but for the con games i was like oh i kind of just silently took off several levels of toughness because i realized 
they uh, don't need to be weighing on this guy for 10 rounds. Um, another thing I, I learned is if you've run the scenario, if you're going to run the scenario, uh, what you need to do is make it clear that Jim is attacked in the first scene with the shadow mob, you mm-hmm. know, all the greasers who show up, and then have Heather attack, make sure it's clear that it's Heather being attacked that in the cafeteria. And you need to give him all the clues. One, that Jim broke up with Heather because Jim uh, flirted with another girl. Then you need to introduce Mary as that other girl. And then you need to introduce the fact that someone is trying to impress Mary. So this guy's going after Mary's enemies, who are Jim and Heather. So that that, that clears my... Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. If you, anyone, if you, just so you guys know, if any of you have any questions about our curriculum of conspiracy... Feel free to ask. Uh, we'll uh, talk about it on the show. Uh, I'll be happy to. Or on our forums. You know. We do have forums, in case anyone didn't know that. Yeah. Feel free to do that. So, Monsters was a blast. Way to pimp the podcast. Though. And you know, actually, all the con players were really good players. Uh, I was really impressed. Most impre- of them are. Yeah. Because these are the hardcore players, the ones who are willing to spend a, you know, a lot of money to come here and play. So, uh and uh, it's one of those, uh, I like it because just when you think, am I getting too old for this shit? Yeah. You go there. No. No. Never. Never. Yeah. Dave Arneson, I mean, the guy's like in his 70s or something, and he's, you know, yeah, I still run Blackmore. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It, it's, it makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's a lifestyle. Anyways, uh, we also did the podcasting panel discussion. I did one of them. Uh, setting up the studio. Tom was there, though. So. Uh, this was basically um, how to set up the studio, how to how to do this, and it is um, technical stuff. And so we talked about mics and software and stuff like that. Wasn't a large audience, like I six think or seven. There were people. seven people. Yeah, uh, but they all included. wanted to be a podcaster. So um, there were four of us, and we gave a lot of it. It's primarily Q and A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good, uh, uh, it was, I, I found it fun. I found a lot of, basically events in Gen Con are either no one shows up at all, a few people show up, or the room is packed to standing room only. I mean, that just seems to how it, how it is. There's no middle room. So I found that kind of interesting. I went to a bunch of get-togethers and parties and things like that. Uh, podcasters, uh, Meg from Gameologist, yo, what's up, and, uh, a lot of the other people, uh, it was very cool meeting them, and we'll be talking to them in the future and stuff like that. And uh, let's hear what else. Oh, uh, uh, BeerCon was fun. This was this uh, Goodman Games party at a tavern nearby, and I got to meet a lot of the other D&D-type people. Uh, we traded war stories from gaming, stuff like that. I told talked about my first player ever, first character ever, first gaming experience ever, dying on uh, a Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, your Mutant Raccoon. Yeah. I think it's uh, interesting that both our first games were PMNT and Other Strangeness. Yeah. And I died in my first game ever. And people were like, why are you, Why did you stay with gaming? <laughs> I, was, I, I couldn't really answer that. So, yeah. Good times. Good times by all. Um, what else? Uh, oh, and... Um, so I want to talk a little more about the Call of Cthulhu scenario since that's... Uh, Kind of a highlight. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Adam Scott Glancy of Pagan Press was uh, a playtesting scenario uh, called Dig to Victory. And it's uh, World War I British tunnelers 
digging under uh, under the trenches, these tunnels to get under the German lines. And this is part of a. It's yeah. I mean historically. I mean historically, it it is that it's leading up to when the British detonated. I think just under a kiloton worth of explosives under the German lines. Uh, it was probably even more than that. But no, I think he said. I think uh, the guy said it was just under a kiloton. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was a million pounds or something like that. So, it was a lot of pounds. It was a lot of bomb. bomb. It was. It was a lot of boom. Boom. So. We but, were, but and it's very but, meticulously researched. Yes. Like he had this book, Ned Flanders' War, which I want to buy now, and it had all these diagram diagrams showing basically the British were like they the were building dun- dungeons. I mean, they're multi-level dungeons. I mean, these f- things were fucking massive, levels upon levels with you know uh, offices and cafeterias and taverns and all this shit. I mean, it was crazy. So and uh, I think I, I think what I really like is. Everyone there seemed to be history buffs. Yeah, yeah. You'll notice in the game that including we, myself included. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I'm familiar with all the history, but I'm not. Yeah, it was it was fun just letting everyone. Oh yeah, let's talk about this for a few minutes. It, you'll notice we actually. Oh, the best part is we actually recorded the whole game. And, all, all six hours. Of yeah. It. Well, the the recording is like five and a half hours because there's like half an hour that I didn't record because it was just set up and not really relevant and just sort of but some of the rambling. There's less set up than last year. Yeah, that's true. Which worked well because we got into the game quicker. Yeah. So the game went in a lot of tangents and a few breaks, but it was a ridiculously fun game. Uh, glad we played, even though it lasted till three in the morning. <laughs> and, but the thing uh, is, unlike last, I wasn't tired. Like, yeah. When it was done, we were like, I was still kind of stoked about it. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll have the we'll be posting that uh, sometime yeah. soon. I made successful jokes several times, which yes. is good for me. Yes, good for you. Uh, One that I I might have even done last year, but I can't be be, be for sure. Yeah, because we didn't record it last year. Yeah. So yeah, that was basically uh, Gen Con for us. Uh, after the two, uh, you know, we have a bunch of, you know, eight, ten interviews plus short interviews plus the uh, Johnny Nuxus interview plus the actual play plus a bunch of photos that Aaron took. Aaron also went to the Video Games Live concert, which... Yes, he did. Uh, you know, Symphony, Symphony Orchestra doing video, video game music. and uh, yeah. Oh, I got to go to a Hard Rock Cafe for the first time. Okay. Good for me. Yes, good for you. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm like probably the only person in America that hasn't been to one. Yeah. So yeah, so lastly, uh, we'll just do in this little episode on uh, some anecdotes, you know, some of the things. Uh, Beer Con, it was mm-hmm. fun. You know, everyone had this story, you know, what was your first game? Most of them were D&D, oh, the blue box, oh, the red box, blah, 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 blah. One of these guys, uh, Brendan, I forget his last name, but he's a guy who created X-Crawl, the competitive game show Dungeon Crawl, you know. You've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about how he would game through CB radio as a kid. Like he, his, this was like in the late seventies or something, and so he and all his friends had CB radios, but they could, you know. So when they couldn't, you know, meet each other, when they couldn't physically be there, uh, this is in New York State, by the way. Uh, they would get on the CB radio, and they had this whole system figured out where they would. Uh, say okay, we're gonna be on channel blah blah blah, and then they would just go. You know, you are in a ten by ten room. There is an orc there. Over, and uh, <laughs> they. Uh, over, over now. Like, I rolled to attack. I rolled a eight. Uh, that misses. 
or it hits you for five damage. Oh no! Yeah, over and uh, <laughs> over. <laughs> that I just love that. And of course, one guy always cheated on his rolls because apparently they use the honor system for rolling. Oh, it, that's not good. Yeah. Well, there's only one guy who was that. that he's just like Brittany was like, oh, that bastard always ro- rolling a six for initiative or something like that. And um, I just love that idea because they the thing is they had to keep switching channels in order to avoid all the angry truckers and bikers who are also using the CB right. radio. I can just imagine, like, what the hell are you kids talking about? We're, we're smoky. Uh, the, uh, it'd be like, the bear is attacking. I don't see no bear. You know, because <laughs> bear is thing for cow. What's your initiative? Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Is that a way station? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking up for speed traps. Anyways. Yeah. I, yeah. Man. This was the time before cell phones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, they kind of, uh, uh, wow. yeah. Ancient. <laughs> so that was really cool, getting to hear about uh, all these old war, you know, uh, horse, uh, war stories. Um, also, uh, in Monsters, the games, the players were all great, you know, in both games. So if you're listening, ah, good job. Um, I, in the first game. We were using the the characters in Monsters and other childish things. One of them is Madison. Her, uh, the girl's name is Madison. The uh, The monster's name is Yogg-So-Soft, uh, demonic teddy bear, basically. And anyways, Madison is described as being like this overachiever. Her parents really push her and everything. Like In the first mm-hmm. game, Madison was always... Saying, I'm running for class president, blah, 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 blah. So she kept making charm rolls in order to get people to vote for her for class president. And that was just, it, the player just came up with that all, all, all up on her own, and she just had a ball with it. And <laughs> it was pretty funny. In the second game, one of the players was Mr. Crocker. Mr. Crocker is this uh, basically the Egyptian god Sebek. Mm-hmm. Only now he likes eating. He talks with a southern accent and uh, bounces around uh, on two legs. And so the player was like talking in a lazy southern drawl, y'all. Mm. And uh, at one point in the scenario, a lesson learned: there is a giant trash monster. You know, the cafeteria food, basically all the thrown away tra- cafeteria food, becomes alive. Mm. Turns in this, you know, you know, you remember that? Yeah. And. Uh, Mr. Crocker has an ability called swallow anything and then spit it up back later. And so he used that and he ate it all up. And then later on in the scenario, he basically puked a torrent, you know, a torrent uh, at a, another monster in order to incapacitate it. And I thought that was very yeah. interesting. The player just like was literally uh, uh, laughing out loud. Just, just, just that the, the thought of, you know, a, a flood of, uh, uh, cafeteria feud puke uh uh just overwhelming this guy so yeah that was uh fun so tom um you got any anecdotes for no i think i covered most of mine already oh yeah though, uh, though the one thing i do like is when actually we were discussing the, the your monsters game yeah and we came up with an idea for another monster remember that uh no enlighten us yeah this was uh i i don't know we were this was sunday we were walking back to the hotel to leave for the final time yeah and we were like discussing all the stuff we had got, and you said you said you could imagine like a just a living mound of like, uh, you know, bumper stickers and slogans. Oh yeah, yeah, like um, uh, just for, like, dare, just, like, yeah, yeah, just say no to drugs. Slogan, yeah, uh, uh, 
the the type of crap that adults always push on kids you know stay in school don't copy that floppy uh dare to resist drugs and i could just imagine like all these little t-shirts and bumper stickers and slogans and things just forming this alive patchwork thing and we were into it all the way to the yeah, hotel yeah. and we finally we actually came up with the name i think was swag yes yeah, swag. Swag. yeah 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 um, I think that was you. You called them. Yeah, that. I did. Um, but you had a couple of good one-liners in the actual play, Dig to Victory. Yeah, I, I think so. What was that one line that uh, you think you said last year? But uh, it was we were. Uh, it's in the recording. I forget the exact uh, situation which was yeah. said. But it was involving a smell, like horrible smells. I yeah. think. And I, I said like, oh, like tastes like smells like pizza and fascism. <laughs> and uh, who? The guy that was running it, what's uh, Scott. Scott, yeah, just stuff like pizza and fascism, <laughs> and we had to, we had to stop for about a minute, just yeah. la- laughing. And another thing, I, I think another gem I had that I'm personally proud of is he was mentioning Field Marshal Haig, who yeah. was like the British field commander, and I said, yeah, Sid Haig, <laughs> who he was, at, and I was grateful he actually knew who Sid Haig was, yeah. Captain Spaulding from you know for those that don't know. House of a Thousand Corpses, the Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, uh, actor, and but... uh, that once again prompted a thirty-second pause where he was because yeah. he considered that, laughed out loud. It yeah, yeah. Made me feel good. It made me feel. Good. I remember I overheard Greg Stoll's actually repeating your pizza and fascism line the next day at the Arc Dream booth. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he remembered. Um, I'm awesome. Yeah. Also, I just uh, checked our forums, and one of our uh, listeners who or someone uh, posted on our forums. Because he had listened to our interview with Adrian Palmier mm-hmm. uh, about the Dungeon Crawl Classic Tournament. And so he decided to sign up for it. And he has some interesting stories about how he barely survived. He uh, uh, survived the first round and got killed, had a total party kill in the first fight of the second round of the module. Nice. Apparently it's a very brutal, but he had a blast doing it. So next year, I think I will have to try the DCC. If I'm not writing for it, I think I'll be playing it. You're right. Um, but it sounds like a very challenging little module. And uh, so whenever it comes out, uh, we'll have to give that a shot. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll dominate it. Yeah, well, no. Given our track record, we will die. In we the will first dominate round. it to the point we all die. No, yeah, we will. We will die arguing with each other in the first round and laugh and making stupid jokes. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> that's what we're going to be doing, uh, making witty rejoinders to the monsters as they stab us in our bowels. But it's a it's a death that's worthy. Because if our <laughs> if our enemies are like, damn, they were funny as they're stabbing us. Yeah, exactly. They'll remember us as they're you know on the campfire. You know, oh, remember those guys we stabbed to death? They were funny. Yeah. Good time. But we stabbed them to death. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, that that was pretty much our Gen Con 2008 experience. Uh, of course, the trip back was pretty long and. Uh, yeah, I, I I always noticed it was the same last year. The trip down there, we're going back and forth all the time. Yeah. Back, we're all too tired to give a shit. Basically, we're, it's almost silence all the way there. Yeah, I read some. Yeah, some of the stuff I got. Yeah, you were reading almost the entire way from Indianapolis yeah. to St. Louis. Yeah, I finished a zombie novel. Uh, and, uh, day by day, and Armageddon. I discovered that Aaron sleeps. He slept about eighty percent of the trip back. Yeah, he's a lightweight, and he snores. Yeah, he does snore. Uh, yeah, that first night we uh, shared a hotel room. Uh, I wish I'd turned the fan on to. Generate some white noise to uh, drown that out. I've... Yeah, it's 
Oops. It's an experience. Yeah. So anyways, uh, lessons and, learned. And we're already making plans for next year. Yeah. Be there the entire time. Get a hotel room right at the convention. Yeah, because you can bet your ass we're going. Get more interviews. Um, hopefully I'll have some more books in print by then. Right. And most importantly, have disposable income you can take there. Yeah, and bottle of water. So uh, in the random encounter that is your life, Gen Con is the doubles hero. The yes. natural 20, I guess. And, oh, pizza and fascism. Pizza and fascism.